This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everybody, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. Together, we make the Podcast of Champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. David, it's only been a few days since we did our last show, but we moved it up because there's so much news, so much big things going on in the offseason, more spring game updates. We got conference bureaucrats <laughs> leaving the Conference of Champions. We, we got, have a bunch of basketball questions. No, we're not doing that. Uh, delays in the media rights deal. We had so much to talk about, we couldn't wait a full week. We had to come back. Yeah, there's nothing. There there was no stopping it. It was like floodgates. We were like, well, the only other option is to record maybe three shows next week. We, we could do that. Yeah. There's just so much going on. I was on, I talked to Yogi Roth and uh, Mike Yam this morning on Pac-12 Radio. Which is why we're talking so fast. Because we're all fired, pumped up. I am fired up. Fired up, David. You, you ready? I'm born ready. <laughs> yeah, we should do this because I've heard people, they, they don't, um, I, I've heard from a couple of friends, they don't love the slower talking that we tend to do or that I tend we to do. do slower where talking? I, well, I tend to like kind of meander a little bit through my, uh, through my things. So what we should do mm-hmm. to combat these people who always listen to us on like 1.25 speed is yeah. talk really, really fast. And then they're, they're screwed. Then they're screwed. Right. Then they have to listen to us on normal speed. As Ben said on a YouTube comments, we're live again. Yes, we're alive. Uh, so if you're listening to us uh, on a podcasting platform, we appreciate that. But you could also be watching us live. Yes, you could be spending 11 a.m. time Pacific uh, of your day on a Monday. Watching That's how us they do- say it. 11 a.m. time on your Pacific. Yeah, yeah, something like that. You could be watching us live on our simulcast on our YouTube channel. We are creeping up there on a thousand subs. So get in there. Smash that like button. Please subscribe. Hit the little notification so you know when we're going live. Because sometimes we don't know. David might show up. He's like, I thought we we're going live. Like, no, let's just do it anyway. We, you know, we just we're just kind of going, winging a prayer here. We don't even know what we're doing. You wanted to say free balling, but you didn't. I could have said free balling. Yeah, we're free balling it out there. But we got we get some likes in there. Please subscribe. We appreciate that uh, when you're able to do it. And if you have any questions or comments, you can throw them in the chat box, and I will try to star them and. Uh, get back to them later. But, you know, we got lots of newsy stuff we got to cover, like I said. I mean, just it doesn't seem like the offseason. It seems like we're in the middle of, uh, you know, September, where just there's so many out-of-conference games. There's this so much going hell. on. This so much to hell. talk about. It's my hell. <laughs> if you have questions for us, though, 
Uh, you can email us, pac12podcast at gmail.com. You can call or text us at 424-532-0678. You can tweet us at pac12podcast in the website that David never goes to, pac12podcast.com. Yes, I update that thing. We make sure we get all the shows going up there and any notes we put in. So if you want to kind of go through and I want to listen to this, go back. You can see it. We have pretty good show notes of what's going on uh, throughout the show. We're also on Reddit uh, for the Podcast of Champions. And, of course, the Apple Podcasting app where you can follow the POC, the Podcast of Champions, and rate us with the five stars. We love it. And if you want to leave some kind of funny review where you make fun of us, as long as it's got a five stars, we'll definitely read it. We have a new review. <gasps> Very nice. This we only been from, gone a couple days. This so. is from our friend Coach B in SD. Okay. Five-star review. 10 out of 10 would smash dot, 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 that like button. It's good, but like not really. This podcast is like the Sharknado of college football. Tune in for riveting commentary like, I might go to the ASU Arizona game or I might get drunk, Ryan. And look, Dave, this pod is the best part of my week. But to be fair, I teach high school gym, so my life isn't really going that well. (laughs) Still, though, it's the third best Pac-12 pod behind CW, I think, Kanzano Wilner. And listening to my coworker talk about his playing days at Utah in the 70s. Keep up the good work, boys. I bought an iPhone to leave this review, so you better keep it going after the move to the Big Ten. Mm. Love it. Thank I you, like Coach it. B. Thanks, Coach B. Uh, let's see. We've got people putting, like, I don't know. We just, like, broached, like, the basketball thing, and people are making basketball comments. Like, no, we're, we're over this. It's done. we um, got a lot of questions to answer about basketball. Jeez. We're going to get all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, yeah, well, we got awesome big time, uh, big time, big time <laughs> breaking news, uh, big, there's lots of news. I mean, there's so much news. Uh, our buddy, John Wilner reporting, uh, Jamie Zaninovich, who's the deputy commissioner of the PAC 12. If I bang my head on this mic, does it make a noise? Uh, it would. Yes. Does that help? Yeah. yeah okay. Sure. It helps. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, leaving the conference, uh, the number two. For nearly a decade. Uh, so, I, I mean, pretty big news, David. So some fucking guy you've never heard of until this <laughs> Could be a woman. Tweet. I'm not sure. Who knows? Jamie might be, uh, is leaving. Sure some random bureaucrat who works in the Pac-12 offices is now leaving for another most likely bureaucratic job. Nobody cares. It doesn't matter. True. Uh, but Jamie was working very closely with the, the media rights Aren't deal. we all? Aren't we all? The company they're going to? Is called Trail Runner, and they're involved in this media. So this this seems a little strange, you know. Like they're involved. Are we going to in- be stream? Is the Pac-12 going to be streaming on Trail Runner's app? They did. Uh, they were. He were there. Trail Runner involved in the China stuff for the Pac-12. Like there's all this weird kind of stuff uh, going on. So I I don't know what that means. To, but you know, I know you would care. So I yeah, yeah. No, I up. appreciate you uh, bringing that to our attention. Mm. Yeah, uh, fifty-five people have retweeted John's tweet about that. Okay, are these are those fifty-five people who are just like credulous, like, oh, <laughs> well, this is a news story. I'm gonna tweet it. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but I figured it's big it's just news. fifty-five we... Ryan's out there, just like, <laughs> oh wow, Pac-12 news, the number two. Um, I I mean, the other thing is that this since we recorded. So Pete Thamel came out with the report and The Athletic, I think, had a couple different ones. Talking about, the, remember, the Pact of Media Rights deal? and Oh, pre- yes, 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 yes. I've heard you remember tell. what this was? Correct. So the president's saying, yeah, that's a, eminent, the deal is eminent. 
weeks. I mean, we were talking in February, like what week of March it would be done, and then maybe it would bleed into April. Well, now they're saying um, all the reports are it's going to be late spring, early summer. So it's good for content for us because we can talk about this each and every week. Yeah, I'm sure everyone, the next, like, three everyone's really going to enjoy it. They mm. love when we talk about media rights deals. It is, uh, but it's, as far as timing goes, it's along the lines of when the Big Ten kind of announced there's more about a year out from when the deal is going to expire, which it's, I think it's more in the normal range. The problem was that the, the Big 12 jumped the line and made their deal early. And I think the Pac-12 at this point is sort of weighing, and this is my estimation, they need to say something, right? Like everyone else is saying things, so they just look kind of dumb by not saying anything. But also what's best for the conference? We're going to like take a little bit longer and there's no hurry anymore because there's no one else to kind of jump the line. Like all the deals are done. It's just waiting on the Pac-12. So if they need more time, if they want to get more players involved to get more negotiations, uh, I think The Athletic was reporting that the CW network is now involved, which I don't know. You laugh, but like it's a network, right? I mean, it's it's almost like a Fox. It is. It's, it's a like network. a network like Fox or it's NBC. It's a network that is on TV. It is correct. I was on the CW network, by the way. Yeah, that's why you are. Uh, I'm big. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're holding the torch. Not, they don't have me in their meetings or anything, but, you know, I was an extra on that show. I mean, Come- I can think of a few different reasons why they might want to, you know, get some news out there a little bit earlier. Like, you know. What if any of these schools are like, yeah, I'm not sitting around waiting until June mm. to figure this out. We're going to go sign on with somebody else. It's it's one thing to wait until the traditional time to announce stuff when you are in a, like, uh, I don't know, a traditional setup that's relatively stable. Yes. Pac-12 is not. No. Um, and, I mean, it, there's been antsiness about whether or not they're going to get this info out there since December. <laughs> So it's been a while. I, I don't know, man. I mean, there's at some point you got to take, you got to grab a hold of the reins. Well, like, and it, the and again, they probably haven't been served well by a lot of the leaks. But the leaks are, you know, oh, they're they're very close with this, or they're very close with that, or they're very close with this. But the, if that's true, if you take any of that as true at any point, then that means there have been multiple catastrophic failures along the way behind the scenes. Yeah, and if that's true. If you're one of these schools that, you know, is maybe on the fence, you know, the Arizonas, Colorado, Utah, you know, whatever Oregon and Washington are up to. If you're one of those schools, uh, how does that read to you? I mean, if you're actually looking at this judiciously. Um, So I don't think it's a good idea to wait until June uh if that's actually what they're intending to do at this point. But maybe they don't have another option. Maybe they don't have another choice which is probably the right read of it, which is that they have had catastrophic failures along the way. And it's now like, uh, yeah, we need the time because we're still working out like the basics of even a proposal. We did get that statement. Remember the statement? Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. Unsigned. It, from- <laughs> it was like <laughs> released by the Pac-12. <laughs> Who was it? Uh, like, you know, President's Chair. Oh, you know, the people, the, like people the, 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 the people who work at the universities. Yeah. And it was like several words. So. It was. Many words in that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about many. But yeah. Was, it was a vote of confidence like... in the conference, which is not good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where we are. Like, it just does. It does make me more intrigued to see sort of what happens. And I, you want it. It's it's like that Christmas present. You're not sure. Maybe from like your, your weird aunt Ginny or something. And you're like, oh, 
This could be like really good or it just could be like a, a knit sweater or something. You're not sure. You're going to open that present at some point. And now we've like kind of delayed Christmas by months. And it's, you know, we're going to be opening a Christmas present on like Flag Day. And what are you going to get? You don't know. That present maybe was like stuck in the back, uh, you know, in the closet somewhere. And now you really, you pull it out. They were waiting for a while. I don't know what's in there. Yeah. We could be like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like they got a good number. Like the money's good. ESPN maybe has a little bit more. They're they're doing some streaming stuff that's cool. And wow, even like the CW is doing this thing or whatever. I mean, you could be something like, okay, that's cool. I'm pretty impressed. Or you could be like, wow, they just really tried to patch that together with like duct tape and band-aids. And holy cow, this is not, this is not good. And because you know if it sucks, half of the work is going to be how do we, how, how do we, you know, sell this, that it's going to be cool. Like, okay, we loan this sucks, but how do we present this? We're going to have like three PR firms, like working on telling everyone why it's good. And then you read it and you're like, oh my God, that's terrible. But it'll be present and it makes it worse. It's like a DJ, like in an empty room where they're just like, come on, everybody. You're like, there's like four people here. Like, don't, you know, don't do that. It just looks worse. If you know, the deal sucks and someone's like trying to pump it up like how cool it is and how good it is and you're like oh my god that just made it look worse dude like just admit it just a bit hey, it's got to suck but here's what why we're gonna make it work do you know what i mean yeah so i feel like we could get one of those so i would we all hope that it's like this pleasant surprise like wow that's pretty okay all right i can see that not the uh-oh <laughs> you know like where, where are you on the uh-oh versus you know happy surprise scale i mean i think it's gonna be a bag of shit um, so you're leaving it turns out hold on <laughs> They're going to be ass. <laughs> Huge ass. <laughs> That's a drop. Thanks to Texas Mike. We got to go through. He sent us more drops, so that was a really good yeah, one. Um, we're going to get some. We're going to grab some more. Uh, it's going to be a bag of shit uh, <laughs> in one way or another. So it's either going to be um, the money's going to be bad, which uh, is probably the real worst thing, um, or it's going to be like heavy, 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 heavy streaming, which I'm okay with, but most people are going to think is a bag of shit. Yeah. But one way or another, it's going to be one of those two things. If it's not, if it's not thirty-five million per school and most of the stuff on ESPN, people are going to be pissed off on yeah. some end or another. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't think it's going to be good. I think that's probably what they keep running into whenever they are, you know. Because what have we heard now? It was initially it was going to be uh, what at Amazon. Then it was like an ESPN Apple plus thing and then it was amazon plus apple plus now we're here in the cw there was also that one weird network that they were talking about a couple months ago um and it's just what was it was it own or no it it was some it was some like yeah it was some like outdoor it was some like outdoor network or whatever yeah uh but there's all that stuff and at the end yeah i remember versus (laughs) versus beautiful um but all that uh to say it's 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 not going to be good because if you hear all this scrambling information, it could be, yes, that people are just chaffing the waters with bullshit just to make the Pac-12 look worse. Mm. But what does your smell test tell you? It's that they're scrambling because they can't get the numbers or whatever the distribution that they want, and they know that the presidents are going to be pushing back on. And so uh, it's a continued scramble through June now. Yeah. Um the only way that they could pleasantly surprise me right now is announce whatever the hell it is in the next like week. Mm. I, well, I mean, I think you're right where we, when I was an engineer and uh, we were selling, you know, we would have pro- I worked for the Silicon Valley company. We sold products to chip designers and stuff. And 
we would give presentations on you know, what's cool about our stuff and why. And one of the things that they would say was like FUD, like fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Like you put FUD out there, basically. Like, oh, like, oh, there's a reason why you don't want to use their product because of, oh, do you remember that thing that happened? And it's like just something to be the back of the engineer's mind. It's like there's a lot of FUD being thrown out there towards the Pac-12, right? Like if you're the Big 12, like, mm, there's no, like, all streaming. Yeah, that's going to be bad. You know, there's a lot of FUD being thrown out there. And the thing is that you would have to, if you have something that can combat that, like, oh, here's some numbers we got. Like, there's definitely going to be more than 60% on linear television. We don't know which, you know, how it's going to go yet. If you had something to combat a lot of what the FUD that's being thrown out there, you would have done, you would have done it, right? It wouldn't have been more than yeah. that stupid statement. So I kind of tend to agree with you. I mean, you're not just, you're, you're not keeping your powder this dry and just waiting this long to like the, I want to see the the bloodshot lines in the whites of their eyes. I, I'm waiting so long before I shoot. Like, I, I think you, you're going to lose the war at that point. So, and like you said, what if an Arizona or, you know, uh, you know, Utah, whoever wants to like take off, you know, bail Colorado, um, you know, I, I don't know. And I, yes, they're probably be keeping, keeping, uh, uh, you know, up to date on what's going on behind the scenes, but man, I just, it's not a great public perception and this is not a conference that's can sit, you know, rest on there. Oh, we, we've been getting the benefit of doubt for years. No, you've been, you've not been getting the benefit of doubt for years. You have to kind of go out of your way to prove that this is a different PAC 12 and this is why it's going to be different, but it looks like the same old shit than what we've seen from before. And that's, that's the most concerning thing to me. Like some sort of statement, do more interviews, any, whatever you got to do, Try to give some confidence. There's people that want to root for the Pac-12. You're not giving them a whole lot of confidence to do so. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Uh, we do have to wish a happy birthday to uh, uh, Land Danning. Uh, Brett McMurphy, one of his, you know, everyone has like their little shortest sticks on Twitter. Like do you, do Jay Billis, like every morning has some kind of like uh whatever, like a, a haiku or some shit that he's just talking about. It's like a, you know, it seems like rap lyrics. He, he tweets out every morning and says, I got to go to work. Brett McMurphy tweets about co college coaches' birthdays and uh, apparently had an error this morning, but he he tweeted out, happy birthday to Oregon's Dan Lanning, uh, spelling, Land Danning, obviously, uh, who turned Correct. 37 today. Uh, Lanning, Danning, is the youngest Pac-12 head coach and the fourth youngest overall in FBS. Not true, obviously. Which... Didn't think about it, but his former assistant, Kenny Dillingham, which a bunch of people tweeted out. Danny him. Killingham. Danny Killingham is like five years younger. So, so apparently not. But happy birthday to uh, Land Danning. Happy birthday, Land Danning. Um, he is uh, uh, a little under six months younger than me. Is that but I think, I think at similar stages of our careers, um, you know, obviously. I'd yeah. say, like, obviously, like, success level neck and neck right now. I like that. Uh, I feel really good about it. It is kind of weird. I mean, you're younger than me, so, but, like, when when USC hired, like, Clay Helton, and I was just like, oh, I'm, like, a little older than Clay Helton, you know? Wow. Mm. But you look a lot younger. Well, thanks. Yeah. But, sorry, Clay, wherever you are, but that's, you know. But it's just kind of weird, like, oh. Clay's kind of always looked like a bullet head, you know? It's just kind of a... I think when you're, like, don't have hair, like, it... So it kind of ages some people. Yeah. 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 And he's got kind of that, I don't know, a doofy look on his face all the time. <laughs> What's you going miss, on there? What is you that? Miss, you miss Clay, don't you? I do. He was at the Masters. Someone tweeted a picture of him. Was like, it him going like this? It was kind of, yeah. yeah. It was really, he was like on the 12th, 12th grade. Like, how do you get past, like, early part of life and still have the, like, resting gate mouth look? 
Like, it, it, didn't you get some, like, wasn't some ant telling you, close your mouth, you're going to let in flies or whatever yeah, at some point? Someone, someone, that was Aunt Jenny again. Yeah. Um, did I, I watch, so I'm a, you're not a golf fan. I did watch, I don't, I've uh, watched some of the Masters coverage uh, on ESPN Plus, which is kind of cool. Like, yep. I get, like, you could see, oh, I want to watch these featured groups, or you want to watch Amen Corner, or you could watch, like, certain things. And it was really, like, no frills. Like, they didn't, they would show, like, the Masters, like, kind of logo with, like, the azaleas and shit in the background, where on CBS, you, they'd play that do-do-do, they play that tone. It was just kind of no music or whatever. It was just, like, the guys talking. It was kind of, it was kind of cool. Like, it was more of a no-nonsense, like, less production, like, less produced version with you still had commentators and stuff. Um, and I kind of like that. I think the whole issue is like, say the Pac-12 does a whole bunch of stuff and there's a bunch of games on ESPN plus, I think there'll be some cool features where you could, you know, maybe different angles or whatever. You might be able to incorporate that stuff, but I don't know how main, the the problem is, is how mainstream is it? Like, are you going to lose out on, but I think some of the streaming stuff can be really cool. It's just, you're not going to be in that, the, you know, the normal, whatever atmosphere of, uh, the, you know, the, the college football ecosystem, you're going to be kind of outside of that. Even though it might be cool, the the, the field of the are, casuals won't be around. Yeah, but is the Pac-12 in it right now? Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, it's like, what, two or three games a week that people are even paying attention to outside of uh, uh, the West Coast? Um, maybe, if that. Um, like, whatever the Friday night game is, and then whatever the Saturday night game is, maybe. So... Yeah, I think uh, it's the same. That's why I'm not super opposed to the idea of streaming. I think okay. it's totally fine. I, I mean, it was kind of cool, like, doing the – and I did have to switch. You know, it was like, oh, I, if in the morning you would kind of watch the ESPN Plus coverage. And then, like, later on it would be on regular TV, so you just have to get out of the ESPN app. But I did download it. I think a lot of people have uh, sort of ESPN Plus, um, but whatever. But all right. Uh, let's see. What else did we have? Um, oh, I, we forgot to mention this last last show. Uh, UCLA made a, a kind of a cool hire. Yes. Yes. So uh, Ken Nayomatololo, uh, the former Navy head coach, uh, is now going to be UCLA's director of leadership, um, which is, you know, it's the same usual dumb bullshit to get <laughs> a guy on staff um, who's not going to be in an on-field coaching role, but it adds to the kind of uh, accumulation of uh, coaching experience uh, Chip Kelly's getting into essentially um, analyst roles. Yeah. Um, now he's going to have like hands-on uh, uh, dealings with the players, but not in an on-field coaching role. So it's going to be, okay. like, I guess, the idea is that position is like teaching them how to be leaders and all that kind of stuff. But um, I think obviously he's going to have a role too in in – uh, helping out with game planning and all that kind of stuff. Maybe they'll add some fun triple option stuff. Who knows? Um, so all to the good. Um, you know, if you've been listening to this for a while, I'm a big fan of Nayo Matalolo. I think he would have been an interesting hire for a few Pac-12 schools over the years as a head coach. Um, so uh, I think it's great to add a guy like that to uh, to your analyst pantheon. And it, whenever you have a former head coach, especially a recent former head coach, it's great. You bring him in, and well, and you can add him to a guy like I mean, you've got Clancy Pendergast on staff. I mean, that's I, mean, I don't know how are those egos going to exist in this thing. I mean, these guys who have had so much success. But Chip Kelly, he has an affiliate like uh, I, I don't, he wasn't affiliated with the the military academies, but he had. I guess there's an affection for him. He likes the like some of the what the they stand for and everything, right? Like he looked in 
maybe being involved in that, I think, when after some of the NFL stuff, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, I think he does. Um, he hired already uh, Brian Norwood, their defensive backs coach, was the Navy, um, I think, assistant defensive coordinator when he was hired. Um, he came over and installed a little bit of that defense when he came in initially. Um, so I, I think he has uh, some affection for it. I think he really respects the coaches um, for good uh uh, service academies for the obvious reason, yeah. which is they they can't recruit and yet they are able to win. So what is the differentiator? What are they doing differently? Um, yes. So I think he finds it all very interesting. And he's, you know, I think there's a, I won't say professorial aspect of Chip Kelly. That's not what it is. But um, there is a, well, uh, that's interesting. I want to investigate that a little bit more. Um, and so I think he likes to pick those guys' brains. Yeah. All right, uh, why don't we get into, so last week, we went around the Pac-12. We talked about uh, spring updates from all but three of the Pac-12 programs, and so we're going to, and they're kind of three big ones, so we couldn't leave them out, obviously. We can't leave anybody out. No, we don't leave people out. No. So we did some follow No team left behind. David did a lot of work behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, but I got, I scrambled. On got, my back. This This show is entirely <laughs> on my back. And we got now updates from Oregon, Utah, and Colorado. So it's kind of cool. We get the people we get to talk to. And I'm, I'm curious about um, all of these. So why don't we start first with two-time defending Pac-12 champions. Utah Utes. And, uh, would, you like, you, would you like me to read it? Yeah, you can read this one, David. All right. Well, let me pull it up then. Ryan, if that is your real name. Uh, yeah. All right, so this is from our man, uh, Steve Bartle, uh, from Ute Zone. Yep. Hey, POC. Uh, Utah is nearing the conclusion of spring ball, which has been way more winter ball than spring ball, but I digress. Big takeaways from Utah through three weeks is that the defense looks really good. The growth Utah made over the course of last season has parlayed into the offseason, and it's clear this unit is much further ahead than last year's unit at this point a year ago. Spearheaded by the defensive front, the development of guys along the line has been eye-popping. Junior Tafuna and Connor O'Toole lead the way for the defensive tackle and end groups, which happen to ha which appear to have a healthy four to five guys that can play. Uh, Lander Barton, Sione Vake, and uh, Cole Bishop all appear to have made strides in their games and will be counted on to lead the way for the backers and secondary. Offensively is a different story with Cameron Rising and Brant Keithy out. It's all about development at the quarterback, receiver, and tight end positions. This quarterback room in particular needs a lot of work behind Cameron Rising. The offensive line and running backs groups are strong. Uh, after switching to running back last season, Jaquindon Jackson has continued to get better and better and appears primed for big production this season. You know what that screams to me, Ryan? What does it scream? We're back to traditional Utah back baby it's gonna be all defense gonna <laughs> kick ass they're gonna have a decent running game and they're gonna have absolutely nothing at quarterback until cam rising comes back and that's and that i did a utah radio show earlier in the week or, or last week and yeah the, the whole talk was about well who's gonna sort of be you know the backup uh because they're we don't know right is cam rising gonna be back uh whoever wins the backup job in the spring could end up being the starter in the fall, if, if Cam Rising's not able to return. And it did seem like some of the Utah fans were sort of ready to move on from Cam Rising, yeah. which, I mean, I, I, but man, he's just been so, he had so many big moments um, for them. So sometimes it's sort of like, I think they might take him for granted a little bit, um, what he can do. But you'd also like to see going to that next level, this high rated recruit or whatever that can 
just kind of be a superstar, which they haven't had that. You want to kind of get back yeah. to that? I don't know. I'm curious to see uh, what happens here. But Utah's Utah. They're like a machine, right? Like you, you're like, oh, well, that's off a little bit. It's like they're still going to roll on. Like they, I don't think people expected to kind of win the Pac-12 again, and they, they did. Um, yeah. So it's I, it's one of those things where until somebody beats them, you're not counting Utah out. You 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 kind of have to like knock them off. They've won it twice in a row. Um, I mean, would you be shocked if they won it three times in a row? I don't think I would. No. No. no absolutely not. Um, yeah, well, good stuff there. Uh, thanks, Steve, for sending that over. Let's go to Oregon Ducks. <laughs> and our buddy Matt Prem wrote in for us. So thank you, Matt, for doing this. Um, so he says, the Ducks have had five spring practices so far and will hold their sixth on April 11th with the first scrimmage of spring set for April 15th. So there'll be a bunch of spring games on the 15th, but um, the Ducks will have their first scrimmage then. Uh, they'll scrimmage on the 22nd, and then they're going to have their spring game on the 29th. So they're kind of doing back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back scrimmages, and then their spring game for all the Duck fans up there will be on the 29th. Head coach, happy birthday. Uh, Land Danning said that spring ball is ab all about finding out who can play and what type of players they got. They're not too worried about scheming for games because it's just spring football. Defensive coordinator Tosh Lapoy, forgot that he's a defensive coordinator there, noted he expects to see improvement in all areas of the defense in year two due to more familiarity with the defensive scheme as well as uh, reloading key position groups. Landing said that Oregon's depth at the defensive line and in the secondary is better this year than last spring. Offensive coordinator Will Stein spoke to the media for the first time since his hiring December. Stein uh, said he quickly got to work with Bo Nix on seeing where he's at and what the offense could look like. Stein noted how smart Nix is and his football IQ will be something to tap into on the field. He also said that the offense at Oregon in 2022 was really good. He'll be looking to make some minor adjustments to it, but the 2023 version will have a lot of similarities. He also notes that it comes down to an offense having great players. And Oregon, obviously, they have a bunch of great players. Key position battles to watch during spring ball include the offensive line, as four out of five starters are gone from last year's special unit. Uh, inside linebacker with Noah Sewell's departure. Safety, uh, Evan uh, Bennett graduating. And then also at receiver where the Ducks saw graduation transfers and influx of new talent to push the returning talent. Punter is another position to watch for Oregon in the spring as the unit wasn't great last year and they've added some new punters. Yeah, I mean, the offense is going to be kind of the big thing. I think we're all watching at the beginning of this year, which is can um, what's what's life after uh, Denny Killingham going to look like, especially when they're breaking in a ton of new offensive linemen. Um, you know, what's that? You know, what kind of shape is that going to take? I mean, obviously, Bo Nix is coming back, but um, what about the rest of it? Yeah, uh, I think I like the fact that you're talking about Hey, the offense was good. We're going to keep it. We're gonna, it's going to still be good. Um, there's a, definitely a lot of question with Kenny Dillingham or what was, what Denny, was Denny Killingham. Denny Killingham gone. Um, is there going to be any sort of regression? Uh, will that hurt Bo Nix because of the connection and all that? So that'll be something to watch. It's, it's kind of one of those things you have a new OC come in and just like basically don't screw up what you had. Um, and, you know, sometimes guys want to do their own thing. And so hearing – Stein say, hey, you know, this is uh, we're going to keep doing what we've been doing because it's working. I I think I I like that. So, 
Right. Um, yeah. So good update there from Oregon. I mean, super talented team. Uh, one of the superstar quarterbacks in the conference, one of many uh, returning a little bit of shakeup in the, in the coaching staff. So we'll see sort of if that does impact the offense, but um, you know, definitely another one of the favorites, right. In the, in the pack 12 of 2023. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then the last one, best for last, as far as like entry goes, uh, this is the only Pac-12 school that's going to be shown. Their spring game will be shown on ESPN. David might actually watch this one. I might. I might. Um, All right. Uh, you want me to read this one? Hold on. Let me. Yeah. This you got it. It is. We have Colorado Buffalo. <laughs> this is from Adam Munster Tiger from Buff Stampede. Mm. Uh, these are unprecedented times in Boulder. It's going to be hard to set expectations for the Buffaloes in year one under Deion Sanders, given how challenging the schedule is, and with so many new coaches and players having to learn and mesh on the fly. But there is no debating the fact the talent level has risen substantially at Colorado in a very short period of time. The football team that has run through eight spring pra- the football team that has run through eight spring practices with twenty one mid year transfers, including Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter, has transformed the Buffs from a laughing stock to a legitimate Pac twelve team. And Coach Prime has said they're just getting started in the portal. There are five transfers already committed to join the mix this summer, so the Buffs are currently twelve over the scholarship limit, looking ahead to the fall. You do the math, there is going to be a lot of post-spring ball attrition. And more than 12 because they want room to add more transfers during the spring portal window. There are 50 scholarship players on Colorado's spring roster that were part of the 2022 team. I'd expect to see that list down to 25 to 30 by the time preseason camp rolls around. Receiver Montana, uh, Lamonius Craig, offensive lineman Van Wells, and Jared? Is it Gerard or Jared? Uh, I don't know. Jared Christian Lichtenhan, uh, defensive backs Nico Reed and Simeon Harris, and walk-on running back Charlie Offerdahl are among the returning players that have made a strong early impression on the new staff in Boulder. Coach Prime is making the players earn their number this spring, and so far all four players that have earned their numbers are transfers. Shador Sanders, Travis Hunter, USF receiver transfer Jimmy Horn Jr., and Dartmouth defensive line transfer Shane Cokes. Hunter, the nation's top-ranked prospect in the 2022 class and the top-ranked transfer this year, has been working exclusively at receiver this spring so that he can get a grasp of Sean Lewis's up-tempo offense before practicing at cornerback. He is expected to play both ways. In 20 years covering this program, I've never seen a player more capable of doing that and doing both at an all-conference level. Colorado's spring game is sold out for the first time in program history. In fact, the attendance at April 22nd spring game is expected to surpass the aggregate total of the last nine spring games combined. Colorado is the only program that will have its spring game televised live on the main ESPN channel. Those of us on the Colorado beat that covered the Dan Hawkins era, 1-11 under John Embry in 2012, and 1-11 under Carl Durrell in 2022, feel like we're living in an alternate universe. Signing off from Boulder, Adam Munster Tiger. Adam. Beautiful. Yeah, like we've talked about this on the show before about, you know, our our livelihoods kind of tied into how these programs do. And, you know, Munster Tiger does a great job there. But when you have multiple 1-11 seasons, oh, yeah. people are checking out. So, you get excited when people are excited when you write something or you say something on a podcast and people really want to listen because they're more invested in the program that you cover, which, you know, Adam was doing a great job when they stunk and he's going to do a great job when they're good or when they're, there's potential to be good. It's just better, you know, when people, more people care, even if they're really terrible and people care because it's like a coaching change, you want people to kind of pay attention to what you're saying. So Adam's got to be in a living on cloud nine there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we had a YouTube question from Peter. 
Early Colorado wins uh, over under prediction. Hmm. All right, let's get into the schedule. Again the schedule's tough. The, the early schedule is just really bad. It's just really terrible. All right, so at TCU is going to be tough. Uh, Nebraska at home, I think they win. Uh, wow. Colorado State at home, they win. This is 111 team last year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. whatever. I mean, they beat, they, didn't they beat Nebraska like two years ago or three years ago? I think so. Whatever. Uh, Nebraska's a trash program. Um, <laughs> all right, at Oregon, that'll be tough. So I think two and two through that stretch. USC at home, probably two and three. Uh, ASU on the road, winnable. Wow, you are very, okay. Two and four? I would, I would say that's a 50-50 game. Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling this is like a two and four start. If they start three and three, I think there's like... It's gangbusters. Give them an extension. Uh, Stanford, that's a win. Uh, at UCLA, probably a loss. Um, so what would we be at? Three and... Three and five. Three and five. Uh, Oregon State at home. Oregon State's good, dude. Yeah, but it's a road... Remember Oregon State on the road last year? They're kind of poo-poo. But still, like, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. But I'll call that a swing game. That's a 50 50 game. Uh, um, all right. And then Arizona at home, probably also a 50 50 game. Okay. Right. So one more win there. Let's call it one win in aggregate. So that's four and six, right? Yeah. And then it's Washington State on the road, Utah on the road. So I'm thinking five and seven, maybe four and four and eight, somewhere in that range. I would probably set the over under at like four and a half. Four and a half is probably the number. Yeah. Yeah. But if you see a three and a half, I would jump over the over. Right. Yeah, if you can get yourself three and a half, I'd get on it. Yeah. Uh, oh, we have a comment. Um, Peter says, David on the prime train. Yeah. Hell yeah, baby. Uh, Dude, I'm excited to watch Travis Hunter. I'm excited he's playing to watch that guy. Wide, wide receiver. He's going to be playing everything, dude. Yeah. He's going to be playing. Oh, he's really good. Point. Just put them all over the field. Yeah, just throw them out there. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to see Deion Sanders coach Deion Sanders because that's what that is. Um, it's going to be fun. I, yeah. I'm, he's going to do it differently. Like just the way the media coverage is, I definitely want to talk to uh, Adam. We'll we'll interview Adam like kind of after the spring game just to sort of see what it was like because I don't think he's doing. You know, he has his own camera crew following him around, so it's sort of like I don't need to talk to the local media. I got my own crew. You can watch that, or you know, I, I feel like there's some of that going on. Just, he's just going to do things his own way, but he's generating excitement, and that's gonna that can last. They could be terrible. But yeah. still, the excitement's going to last like a couple years. Then you'll get old. Then you're like, okay, he sucks. It's like, don't do it. But right now, it's gangbusters, and it's great. Totally. Uh, we love to see all that stuff. Uh, let's see. Was there anything else that we wanted to go? I think it's all the Pac-12 uh, programs we got to over the last couple of weeks. So that's good stuff. Why don't we uh, take a quick break, and we'll come back and uh, do some questions. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All righty, we're back here on the podcast of champions. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always death. Yeah, especially when they talk about basketball stuff. All right, so what are we going to do first? You want to do some voicemails? Oh, you want to do voicemail? Okay. Should we not? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. We can go to Twitter afterwards. I love it. Uh, Okay, here's the first one. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Ferk. Um, I briefly touched on it a little bit in my question um, about two episodes ago. Don't think I went um, as in-depth as I should have or probably needed to. But I was wondering, when it comes to Pac-12 expansion, um, I know there's obviously going to be some logistics in terms of schools voting for it and everything, but – um, would would you guys ever be able to get behind the idea of really kind of just merging with the Mountain West and creating the true Western Conference? Um, yeah, I know there's not massive uh, big brand names in the Mountain West, but I think there's something to be said for adding um, some some of the state schools like you know University of Nevada um, and also having a presence an actual school in Las Vegas. Um, Want to know what your guys' thoughts were on just doing something like that? Thanks, guys. I think I'm 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 warming to the idea of going crazy and doing the relegation uh system with the Mountain West. You just marry the Mountain West and uh maybe have like open play for the first two years of it where you do some kind of round robin to set up a hierarchy. Uh, because frankly You already have a hierarchy. Uh Cal's at the bottom of it, right? We well, no, oh, oh you mean I mean like the the Mountain West is already the lower tier. No, 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 no. I say to make it make it fun for everyone have two years of open play where everyone's basically even level wow okay and then after those two years once you've done like enough of a round robin to get a gauge you power rank those first two years and then you set the two whatever they would be 10 team divisions or whatever they'd be yeah um and that's when it happens because the thing is some of those mountain west schools can absolutely outplay the bottom half of the pac-12 Wow. Absolutely. So you're not going to give the Pac-12 schools the benefit of the doubt? No, God, no. But God, one, no. 1,000%, if you do this, uh, Perk, no offense, but this has to be relegation. Like, there's the only way. This is not like a merging of two, and it's equal. No, no it's no. relegation. No, yeah. The only way Which that, would be very innovative and very fun. It'd be a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah. no, make it like the Gonzo League. Make it like the... Um, uh, make it like the XFL, you know, like just do weird new rules and stuff and like add relegation, add some I don't odd... need new rules, but relegation would be enough. Like that would relegation be relegation be sick because when the Utah State Oregon State game comes around and like and you, <laughs> it's not like the goal differential or whatever, but you need like, yeah, what if there's points like, oh, the, the, the tiebreaker Oregon State needs to score, you know. Three more touchdowns to not get relegated or something. Well, and yet like, the thing is that, um, once again, g- going into it, you have flexibility because um, your two conferences are on the outside looking in of the new uh, world. But you could be the like uh, the innovator for the rest of college yeah. football. Because if people see re- relegation uh, with uh, the Pac-12 and the Mountain West, and they're like, wow, that's really cool, then suddenly maybe that gets adopted elsewhere. And if you then get the Pac-12 and the Mountain West integrated into a system where it's adopted elsewhere, you could see the remaining Pac-12 schools and Mountain West schools or whatever get into the actual upper crust of college football again. Yeah. College football is tailor-made for that system. It's made for it. You know what's interesting? And one of the big problems as we go towards mega conferences, like 
there's mega conferences, but they have small brands that have just been around. They're legacy brands. Like, you know, if you're Vanderbilt, are you worried that the SEC is going to eventually like sort of leave you behind? I think the, the SEC would look pretty crappy if they were like dropping like, oh, we're going to add, you know, now we're adding Clemson and Florida State, but we need to get rid of a couple. So, Vandy, you're out or th- something like that. Um, relegation sort of solves that where it's like, hey, everybody's in, yeah. but you got to stay in. Like you have to – you don't just get to be an SEC school or you don't get to be Rutgers and you're part of the Big Ten now um, and just get the big payday. You have to stay in. And uh, that would be pretty fun because uh, there could be some big – and I don't know enough about uh, European soccer – um, I mean, I'm sure there have been some big clubs in like the Premier League that have dropped down, right? Like that, yeah, that's must have happened. Um, you know, like what if a UCLA gets rocket? Like that would be insane, you know, like someone like that. Um, but I, I think just seeing like, well, Boise State's moving up and Washington State's moving down, uh, or whatever, something like that would just be like jaw dropping. Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, the money might be tough because you have like athletic department budgets that are relying on your contract. So there might have to, I don't know how they do the money. Um, maybe it's more bonuses if you stay in the top league. Um, cause you would hate to see like a team get relegated, a program get relegated and then like start dropping sports or something, yeah, yeah. but holy shit, that would be fun. It would be make it happen. I mean, I'm in, we're all in. Yeah. All right, uh, this is from uh, at Ty Dozer underscore on Twitter. Uh, what are Pac-12 defenses going to do to stop Jalen Conyers, and why won't it work? So Jalen Conyers, mm-hmm. if you are unaware, is the tight end for Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he So you might look at his numbers and say, oh, pretty pedestrian, actually. Yeah. 38 catches for 422 yards last year and five touchdowns. However, mm-hmm. uh, in the last five games of the season came 30 of his 38 catches, uh, something like 350 of his 422 yards, and all five of his touchdowns. He was unstoppable in the back half of the season. Now, one might argue he had the Herm Edwards stink on him, the (laughs) miasma of uh, Herm Edwards, and once that dissipated, uh, he was ready to roll. Yeah. Um, He was a ton of fun to watch at the end of the year. Uh, I, I don't think anybody covers him. I think he's gonna go off for like 800, 900 yards this year. Nice. I think uh, from the tight end spot, it's easy to be like a dominant force if you're on a like a program like Georgia, where there's like just a whole lot of other options. If he's clearly like the number one dude for Arizona State, and it's kind of like a pretty good offense, I think you could get shut down a little more. So I don't know if that's. I think you need your. I think you can have a tight end be dominant, but the rest of your offense needs to be pretty dominant as well. Yeah, yeah, but uh, that'd be one of the issues. But I think uh, our man, our man down in uh, AS in, in Tempe, Denny Killingham, is going to find a way. Uh, Denny, yeah, he's really good. Um, uh, just to be fair, I'm looking. I'm trying to look at the chat because I like to. I'm putting stuff up on the screen. There's a lot of stuff I don't even know what they're talking about in the chat. I think some of it's basketball. There's some. There's some other stuff in here. I don't know. They're talking about Big Ten podcasts. Uh, Carlos did say in Mexico for soccer. The team relegated just purchases the team going up, negating the relegation. So that's kind of interesting. So like Washington, I don't think Washington State could like purchase Boise well, that's, State. No, that's why you know college football is kind of immune to that kind of uh, 
uh, nonsense. Though I think in the transfer portal era, you might see some real bad stuff start to happen. <laughs> oh my god! Like people like just jumping. Sh- I'm like, out. <laughs> that that would be a big deal. Like okay, um, not I don't want to pick on anybody. Whoever you know, any school. Cal gets Cal. relegated. Okay. I don't want to pick on any school. Cal. Cal. Uh, I don't want to pick a school that someone cares about. Then you know. So Cal or Stanford. We met, We bumped into one of my uh, my buddies. It's a huge Cal fan. Like it literally flew out for the Pac-12 championship game and just saw the one game and left. But um, Cal, like, did people just jump ship? They transfer out. Yeah. If you get relegated, um, or are you gonna like if Boise State gets promoted, are you getting a whole bunch of people to come on? I don't know. That'd be that'd be very It'd interesting. Be fun. Uh, yeah. You want to do another one? Or sure. We, we got tweets? I'll look, I'll we look got, through the we chat. got a lot of tweets. Okay, I'll look through the chat. So All right, this is tweets. from uh, Winston underscore Dan. As an Arizona fan, which celebrity Arizona alum should I be more proud of? Bob Dole, Kristen Wiig, Courtney Kardashian, Gary Shandling, or Jerry Bruckheimer, who may or may not be donating to Arizona Athletics? Got to go Gary Shandling there. I like Gary Shandling. I don't know. Who was the, is there a Kardashian that went to Arizona? There was a, uh, the Courtney, Courtney Kardashian. Courtney. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure which I one I don't know is. the difference. Um, like I know Kim, but I don't know the difference really between Courtney and Chloe. Right. Yeah. I don't know either. Yeah. Uh, my ex used to watch the show, so I'd watch it sometimes. Is Bob Dole still alive? He was very recently. He's alive. I think. I think he might've just died. Really? Yeah. He died in December of 2021. Oh, shit. Super old. Uh, who was the other one? There was a couple. There was one. Kristen Wiig. Yeah, Kristen Wiig. She's really She's funny. great. Yeah. We like her. Um, yeah. And then uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, who's just a billionaire producer of action movies. Which, right. Did know. he do any of the Star Wars ones that you like? No. 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 He didn't do any Star um, Wars movies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go with Gary Shanley. Okay. Let's do, do Gary Shanley. I like that. Um, you want me to do another voicemail? Sure. This is kind of an off. Um, yeah. Topic one, but that's pretty much our whole show, right? Uh huh. Here we go. Hi, this is for uh, the podcast of champions. This is for um, Brian and Jimmy. Uh, I couldn't hold my tongue anymore last week and the week before. Jimmy has gone off the rails discussing Star Wars, uh, specifically the sequel uh, trilogy. Are you kidding me? I think those, all those movies were horrible, but Ryan Johnson's movie was the worst. He completely destroyed the concept of the Jedi. He went off the rails inventing new powers, being able to fly in space, uh, destroyed the idea of what hyperspace is. Jeez, <sighs> uh, that movie killed Star Wars for me. Just ruined it. What do you What do you got, David? All right. So um, he didn't what, say the name of a movie. Name? What's our friend's name? I don't know. He didn't say the name of okay. a movie. Um, first, I, I find the complaint about inventing new powers for invented powers for an invented uh, group of people. They're magicians in space. They can do whatever the hell they want. Does it like make some sort of coherent sense? Why wouldn't it? I didn't like the... They can lift stuff by thinking about it, the, the, and they're told that size doesn't matter. Does it matter? Like, okay, if I'm in space and I want to tether myself to that ship, right? And if we accept various physics principles of space, right? That, you know, all these objects have no mass, the whole thing. 
why wouldn't you be able to float towards whatever the thing is that you want? You're bringing it towards you. Maybe she was using the force and grabbing the starship. You ever think of that? I don't know. Who cares is my point. They're space magicians. They do weird stuff. I kind of like, though, when you make up a rule, like, they just kind of stick with the rule. But what what rule did they make up? Because the only rule we know about is Yoda saying, size matters not. True. But when you, like, add to, like, the, like, okay, we kind of understand. Luke, Luke, in the first goddamn movie, literally uses the force in his spaceship to move torpedoes into the Death Star. Torpedoes. No, that was just the time. He was using. Oh, he was just so good at shooting by that time that it was just like, I'm focusing. That's it. Wop rats aren't that much bigger than two meters, right? So. Right. (laughs) I can bullseye womp rats. Uh, But like when they added in the prequel, when they added like uh, Attican's like metachlorides or whatever the hell it was. Okay, all that stuff is stupid. But also you have like auteur authority because you're George Lucas. You're the dude who came up with all this stuff. You can make up whatever bullshit you want. Um but so that was the complaint. So that's, uh, and I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying this. I find that to be a, a, a dumb complaint. It's just you're you're picking out a thing that you didn't really like, but ignoring the whole. Um, I so I I'm not like Last Jedi was a good enough movie. I thought it was pretty good. Um, the the third movie, uh, is one of the most incoherent pieces of garbage I've ever seen committed to film. Uh, it it makes no sense and. You have a complaint about uh, ruins the idea of hyperspace. I don't know if you're mixing up the second and third movies in that trilogy, but the third movie has that dumb thing where it's the hyperspace skipping or whatever the yeah. f- hell that was. That just, that's just made up. Made like, up, nothing, no, just nonsense. Um, yeah, I don't like that. That made uh, absolutely no sense. Um, you're like, oh, also no had, one's ever tried this before. Well, had also like- had the line, somehow Palpatine returned. Um, so yeah. Uh, anyway, the second movie... Uh, has a lot of detractors, uh, and for various reason reasons, running from what I would call nitpicky complaints to out and out, you know, misogyny and racism. Um, but uh, I would say the second movie, at least first, tried to do something original in the in this second trilogy, whereas J.J. Abrams was just uh, doing a st- remixing uh, the first trilogy. Yeah, and two um, actually had a much more. Uh, what's the word, egalitarian theme, which is much more in keeping with the idea of Star Wars that I think everyone holds in their hearts, which is this idea that, oh, anybody can do this. There's that that scene at the end of the little boy with the broom who yeah. like uses the force to grab the broom because he's inspired by all the things that happened. Uh, it's a good message. Um, also, I thought uh, the way they did Luke Skywalker, which is probably the one complaint that seems to have uh, annoyed the most people who are like, you know, 42 years old and grew up on this stuff as children. Uh, they made it very, he's very consistent with who he was as the character originally. I mean, what, what does a 65 year old version of that dude look like? Um, especially given the plot points he was given, given, yeah. given the information you're given that, uh, he tried to train his nephew and his nephew went evil and killed every single other person he was training. How does that person respond? You know, also dealing with the trauma of all the, you know, dead father stuff, and then still summons the will, even within his pacifist ethos, to do something noble and heroic at the very end. Killing himself, sacrificing himself in the process to save uh, his people. Yeah. I like lightsabers. Who doesn't like lightsabers? (laughs) Uh, Kevin says, how much would David pay to see a Star Wars Last of Us mashup? Zombies and Jedis. Oh, my. Could you imagine, like, just, like... 
you know, just, you know, the force bringing a few zombies over and chopping their heads off. And that'd be kind of cool. It'd be great. We'd It'd love be, it. We'd yeah. love it. Yeah. Star Wars uh, zombies. You know, there was that th- that thing going around for a while where it was like Pride and Prejudice and zombies and uh, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter. There should be like a Star Wars zombie mashup. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, yeah. Wait, it it this, would be it would be extremely my this shit. This is us. No, Last of Us. Okay, <laughs> different different shows. Uh, nice. All right, what else we got for tweets? All right, uh, we've got more. We've got I don't know. I got to pull them up again. Um, all right, this is uh, from Buttman twenty eight. Bluttman, sorry, not Buttman. Uh, which basketball program is more prolific, Utah or Arizona? Which I don't know what we mean by prolific there. Because prolific, uh, I would I would think that means like producing the most players, yeah. maybe. I I because I, I, it could be producing the most players, producing the most championships, producing the most wins. What are we talking here? Um, because I mean, as much as I want to denigrate Arizona at all times, right. we're probably still on the Arizona train there. Yeah, duh. Like they're uh, they're much closer to a blue blood program than. Than, well, you know. come on, let's not go too far. I mean, they're <laughs> come on. they're the the as far as prestige goes, the high they're, they're number one of the Pac-12, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Behind, uh, oh yeah, yeah, in the new Pac-12, in the new Pac-12 <laughs> until San Diego State comes in. Um, all right, next up is from is USC back. What's the ideal Pac-12 football championship matchup this year, and why is it USC UCLA? Also, what's the likelihood of that? I, well, I won't say ideal, but that would be the funniest. It would definitely be the funniest. Um, I think it's. I mean, it's USC Oregon, um, USC Oregon, or USC Washington. I would think would be the the most. Yeah, USC plays Oregon, Washington, and Utah. So it would if it's USC involved. I mean, obviously, like you really want to go there, it'd be like Colorado, Oregon. <laughs> not maybe not that, but no. So Colorado, all right. like. You can Oregon talk about it from something. a few different angles. Yeah. So from like a competitive standpoint, it's USC, Washington, or Oregon, I would think. Um, I think Utah's going to take maybe a slight step back this year hmm. um, just because of the injury to rising. Um, so I would say USC versus Washington or Oregon would be the most competitive, best for the possibility of making the playoff, like all that kind like of stuff. Like Heisman stuff yeah, yeah. and all that, yeah. Um, yeah, and you've got, you know, Phoenix, Knicks, uh, you know Caleb Williams, all of whom will be. Would Heisman. Phoenix versus Prime be really awesome, though? <laughs> uh, USC UCLA would be interesting. The yes. problem with that is you will have already had that game two weeks ago, so I don't even know if you get the ratings juice yeah. that you would if it was the one time they were playing. But there would be ratings juice behind that, much more so than if it was like Oregon Utah. I think. Yeah. Um. So I think the. It pains me to say this, but I think it has to be a scenario involving USC just because of the 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 um, publicity, the hype, the whole thing. And then I would say probably Oregon or Washington would be the yeah. um, ideal contender. Uh, no, I, I think I would agree with you there. What, but if you could get like Colorado in there, which you're high on Coach Prime apparently, like I think they're going to be bad, but like better. Yeah, they're going to be like Arizona bad last year. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they get the five and seven bat. What was Arizona five and seven? Were they four? What they were finished they? four, five and seven. Five and seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Good question there. It was a great question. Top tier question. One of my favorite questions of all time. Um, okay. Okay. This is from <laughs> uh, TS underscore WX dog. A movie is being produced depicting the tragedies and triumphs of the upcoming football season. Which A list actors 
do you cast to play all of the current Pac-12 coaches? Okay. All right. So we need to remind ourselves of what some of these guys look like. Okay. I, I'm not very good with the actors. First though, so. obvious one is Justin Wilcox. That is, uh, what's his face? Brad, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. All right, uh, Lincoln Riley could maybe go like Ryan Gosling or something. Yeah, that's got to be a that's got to be Ryan Gosling, I would say. Although, like, that's more of a Cliff Cliff Kingsbury's like his doppelganger. But all right, I let's like- let's look at Chip Kelly and get some inspiration. Um, oh boy, who who's the guy? Uh, is it Seth something or uh, what? What's one of my Seth Rogen? Is that right or no? The the comedian? Yeah, kind of. I no, maybe. I don't see it. Okay. Okay, we'll put a pin in Chip. Um, all right. Uh, Deion Sanders. Who we got? Um, like Wesley Snipes or something? Or Yeah, but he's not particularly young. I mean, yeah. like, maybe? Okay. Oh, uh, no. Um, uh, Michael, Michael Jordan. Uh, Michael B. Jordan? Michael B. Jordan. Sure. What the hell? Okay. Uh, then we've got uh, Kyle Whittingham. Hmm. All right, this one's this one's kind of difficult. Um, like hmm. Chuck Norris. <laughs> Again, Chuck Norris is like seventy. No, but so is Whittingham. But he just he, you know eats a pound of bacon every day and lifts bears. So like I don't know, Chuck Norris would be pretty awesome. All right, I'll take Chuck Norris. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Jed Fish. What does Jed Fish even look like these days? Hmm. I don't know. This is compelling. This is not. I don't know. I just don't. I'm not. A lot of these guys are not like interesting looking people. (laughs) It's personality stuff too. I'm just not. I I'm not the pop culture like no no actors off the top of your head kind of guy. Like some people would just be like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Do we have any any feedback in the chat? Anybody have any idea? Yeah. Give us some. Give us some. Who's your best? Whoever you want to talk to. Like if you got a Jonathan Smith, uh, he's definitely going to play him in the the miniseries. Let us know. Yeah. You yeah. lazy chap people. Yeah. Get on it. Jonathan Smith, he, he strikes me as an Adam Scott type. Um, okay. All right. Well, that was fun. Um, yeah. I don't know if we can keep doing there, but yeah, yeah. put him in the chat. And then uh, at voting Rufus04, if you could live in any fictional world, which one would you choose and why? Oh, boy. Um, any fictional world. Where are you going? What are you doing? What are some cool ones? Like the Avatar one's kind of cool. Avatar one's pretty cool. Um, yeah, living on another planet in some sort of sci-fi universe. Uh, the Aliens world seems great. <laughs> <laughs> um, not only not only do you have uh, uh, aliens who have acid for blood who are trying to hunt you and eat you, but on top of that, you're also living in a capitalistic hellscape. Um there was like the prequel, like Prometheus or something. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. dude, That's, I did I think see I watched that. it on a movie. It was I pretty bad. Saw the shit out of that. Um, <laughs> uh, what fictional world? You got you got your classics. You got Middle Earth. You know, you can go hang out with some elves and some dwarves and stuff. There's a lot is of that weird. A, is that what you're into? Mm, there'd be a lot of weird sort of. The problem is a, a lot of sci-fi is dystopian, but sci-fi is a little bit more interesting to me. Okay. Because the fantasy stuff, it's like yeah, but like I don't know. There isn't like Twitter in Middle Earth, so where am I going to get my jollies? You know, am Con- I just going to be hanging with the hobbits? True, eating good food. Connor says Jed Fish equals Vince Vaughn. Okay, I, I had to it. give him a timeout; he was over chatting. Wow. Uh, ch- and then Sunday Life 
uh, Chip Kelly would be Brian Denny. Dennehy. Dennehy. Yeah. Is Brian Dennehy still alive? I thought he died. Yeah. Probably still do a pretty good job playing Chip. Um, yeah, he's super dead. He's super dead? Yeah, he died okay. in April 2020. Um, um, yeah, so you've got your classics. you got Middle Earth. you got it all It depends what could you be, too. Like, if you get to Narnia? Be... How would you like Narnia? What about oh, that? That's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, Just living in a metaphor? Do you get to pick who you are? Like, so, like, if you could be, like, would you rather be, like, Gandalf in that? world or would you rather be like one of the elves yeah, what, or something what if you're just like a foot soldier for like gondor right like i, I think that would kind of suck just getting murked by uh nazgul and on dragons like i would love to do like we could do like rick and morty if i could be rick and have like my portal gun and go to any like universe and like, i don't know what that is oh it's so good yeah is it that'd be kind of um you could like pop around different universes yeah, uh, yeah, and you've also got Star Wars. We just talked about that. Um, but again, Star Wars kind of uh, like not super great for a lot of people. Yeah, there's. I mean, you could be a random stormtrooper. Well, you like if be... you've got the Force, then yeah, maybe it's cool. Uh, yeah, but if you're just like, a... but it does seem the most like it's basically like 1970s United States, but also yeah, you know, also this thing. fascistic overlord <laughs> government at all times. Um, <laughs> But like, like some of the stuff is like really a, a lot like the seventies in the United States, but still with like way, way better technology. So that that'd be kind of cool, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd. I don't know. More I think about it, more I think Middle Earth's got to be the call. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin says he has a dumb question. He does not. Um, dumb question. Do you guys announce these shows? I seem to always find out late that you're doing these live and thus miss the beginning of the show and have to go back and re-listen via podcast. No, that's actually the intentional plan we have because not we a, want double listens. Not a dumb, dumb question, Kevin. Uh, we're, we don't have our shit together. So at the last minute, we pull something like, oh, let's do... We, basically, we're trying to find a time each week. We wanted to do consistent. We've had some... We've got spring ball that's going on right now, which is kind of playing hell a little bit with our scheduling. Um, yeah. I have to be at practice this Thursday. We're trying to do these more consistently Thursday mornings. Um, yeah. Ryan, it conflicts with Ryan because he sometimes goes to Vegas for four or five days in a row because <laughs> uh, he's a degenerate. Um, Fair. And I have to work sometimes, and I also have a family. Um, mm. So those two things can combined generally leave us uh, scrambling most weeks yeah but we'll try to do the consistent i think thursday might be our time like thursday morning sort of keep doing that not ideal time for a live show but you know that's we'll try to keep it consistent there but certainly not a dumb question no no what else right. we got uh we have a couple more uh reaction to successions episode from last night i have not watched this is from aj demar uh 30 uh i'm not gonna spoil it i am not a big spoiler guy in terms of uh uh i i think people are children about this and you can you can watch something and enjoy it just as much as if you know what's gonna happen as if you don't but i'm not gonna do it to you but i will say i found it a it was okay i thought it was really well acted um but everyone i mean all i saw on there was like everyone just tweeting about it so was that did you see all the tweets about people reacting positively, yeah, and like, that's why you made no, it? Go no, no, like, no, no, that wasn't that good. No, no, no. I watched it and um, contrarian. No, no, no. The 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 shocking bit was fine, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm just struck by what's this going to be like now? Um, so oh, it like changes like the it changes some dynamics. Gotcha. So anyway, um, I thought it was good. Uh, I've thought this season, so I've heard some complaints from friends who have really not liked the season, and I thought, thought the first uh, couple episodes were awesome. Uh, thought okay. it was exceptionally well written, uh, and this one was too. I just don't know if uh, 
I don't know if I love the choice, but um, I'm excited to see where it goes. All right. Cool. All right. Um, boring. Who was favored to win the Pac-12 football championship? We don't need that. Um, uh, we did have a comment on the uh, from Connor. Kyle Whittingham as George Clooney. Oh, you know, I could actually see that. He said, uh, I think he put a hold on. Let me pull up the full one up here. Uh, and not the other way around. So I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. have have Kyle Whittingham star as the uh, as George Clooney in a biopic of his life. I like it. Yeah. Um, all right, we've got uh, Adai Mara, better than Victor Wembanyama, or better than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So Adai Mara is a this Spanish is- basketball player. Uh, he's seven three. He's not yet eighteen years old, or he may have just turned eighteen. Okay. Uh, and he has requested release from his European youth club to uh, uh, travel to the United States and. Uh, uh, the plan as of right now is to play for UCLA. Uh, so uh, Bruin Analytics question is, is he better than uh, the consensus number one pick in this next year's draft and also potentially maybe one of the best players in the NBA starting next year or better than uh, all-time great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? And the answer mm. to both is, of course, yes. He's better than both. <laughs> He's better than both of them combined, in fact. Wow. That's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of tweets people wanted you to talk about that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, this is from Bruin Che Young. What would the, quote, Chip Kelly at Ike Sandwiches have in it? Okay, now do the rest of the Pac-12 head coaches. Oh, my God. No. No. We can't make sandwiches for every freaking coach. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, what would uh, – I, like, uh, I like Ike's, though. Ike's is pretty good. They just put. I think they're putting one in Manhattan Beach. Like, there's one like El Segundo, like your area, right? Uh, I, have, I think we talked about this. My buddy had a good comment on that though, uh, which is it? I liked Ike's better when it was called Quiznos. <laughs> is Quiznos dead? It's pretty much dead. There's a couple of them left. They were really popular. What happened to those? I don't know. I, I think um, Subway really crushed them. That was what Subway was doing, I think, with the uh, $5 footlongs. Uh, they were just trying to sink Quiznos, and they successfully did. But does anyone eat Subway anymore? I can't I remember. The, I can't time. remember the last time I had Subway. It just seems like they cut like a little strip out of the top of the bread. I don't know. It just doesn't. I like Jersey Mike's. Like I go in there, and I like the, you know, cut cut the meat, make my sandwiches. I used to, like, I worked at a law office um, right after college, and I used to get Subway pretty much every day. Like, that was peak, like, $5 foot long time. Wow. Um, but there's only so much oven-roasted chicken breast sandwiches that you can eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, at a certain level, it just becomes... Um, I can smell it right now. I said those words, and I could smell the sandwich. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Pavlone and... Uh... Yeah. Um, all right. And then last one from Angry Gravy. With Boogie Ellis returning to USC and with them also getting Collier and maybe Brawny, how many games behind UCLA will they finish? Yeah. So this is the real question. Um, you know, because USC basketball is going to have maybe the most talent it's ever had, right? Maybe, this coming yeah. year. It's going to be really exceptionally talented. So how is it? How will Andy Enfield mold that squad <laughs> into one that finishes fourth in the Pac-12 <laughs> and barely makes the NCAA tournament? Because yeah. you know he will. So how exactly is he going to put all the pieces together in a fucked up way to make that happen? Yeah, it would be interesting to see. Uh, this is something that, like everyone treats USC basketball like, you know, little sisters of the poor. Oh, my gosh. Let's pat them on the head whenever they do something right. They've recruited some dudes <laughs> for like the last decade and a half. a lot half. of guys in the NBA. Yeah, no, so many funny. guys and absolutely nothing to show for it. Like an Elite Eight, you know? Yeah. Or something. That's it. Like th- the thing is, like that program – 
it recruits pretty well. Like going all the way back to, I mean, God, Henry Bibby's one of his last teams with like yeah. Sam Clancy and all those dudes, Desmond Farmer. But then you go into uh, they had Gabe Pruitt and Nick Young at the same time. Uh, they got OJ Mayo. They had Taj Gibson. They had Demar Derozan. Like all these dudes went through USC and they did nothing, nothing. What is up? I mean, they have like as many championships as UCLA does in like this century, right? Like, wow, is that true or no? I mean, who has more? Who has more? Cha- uh, I, wow. Add them up. Wow, wow. <laughs> I mean, you say made a couple Final Fours. Four. U- USC's made a couple of Elite Eights. Like, that's it. Like, that's all they've done. It's just, I, no, but I look at it, and I'm just like, that's, that, it's kind of underwhelming. And everyone, like, credits Andy Enfield. Like, oh, best coach since whatever Bob, what's his face, back in the 60s? What was his oh, name? yeah. Uh, I forget. Whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter, because he fucking never He's been made, there 10 years. He, yeah, but, like, he does beat about UCLA, like, so that helps. So like, that's the thing, is he, he beats USC, he beats UCLA like a gong at the Galen Center. <laughs> like, just bam, bam, bam. But then, like, drops games to, like, the worst Stanford team in this century. Yeah, that was bad. And it's just like, what? What's going yeah. on, dude? Um, And it's obvious that he's not, like, a horrible coach because he's able to do it sometimes. It's just, I don't know if it's like the focus the or whatever. consistency or something, yeah. But anyway, USC basketball, one of the bigger enigmas. It's it's kind of, for me, like it's the the flip of UCLA football. UCLA football's had more historical success, but like you get enough guys that you shouldn't be like this. Right. Why are you like this? You shouldn't be like this. But the whole big brother thing, I think it's real, right? I mean, it it's maybe more... Isaiah it, Collier is like the number one player in the country next year, and he's going to USC. Why? Right. But, like, I know USC probably could have had more basketball success back in the day if it wasn't with UCLA because only one team from each conference. Because they went one year they went, like, 22-2 and it's two this, or something and they didn't make the tournament. It's the same theory as football. People want to be in L.A. Like, it's a, yeah. it's a big city and you've got recruiting and the whole thing. People want to be in L.A. I think what – I mean, if I was being fair, I think the thing that happens with USC basketball is they get guys who want to start. Like, they get – they actually probably get more guys who are like, oh, I'm an elite pro out of high school. Uh, or not more, but they get more than their fair share of them because they see USC as a quicker avenue to starting in L.A. market and getting to the NBA um, within yeah. a year. Whereas UCLA, it's like, oh, it's Mick Cronin's program. You're going to be beholden to the program. They're not going to be you know, catering to you necessarily. And so it's a little bit different dynamic. But anyway, it's strange. And after what we saw in the NCAA tournament, like everyone's kicking themselves like, why – Miami's making the final four. Florida, you you know, Florida Atlantic's yeah. making the like. Why can't we make the final four? Yeah. Um, I mean UCLA more so because they're actually <sighs> trying to be good at this stuff. But hey, they were in the final four two years ago. That's true. Uh, we have a question on YouTube. What's your favorite USC or UCLA rumor that didn't end up being true? Does that have to oh, be football related? My favorite was when hashtag uh, Urban Meyer uh, was my favorite at the time because it was so funny. Was Jack Jones. Uh, towards the end of, I think after he had even, it might've been after he signed or was in that like weird gray period where he hadn't yet signed with USC. And he literally took a meeting at UCLA and was like set on committing to UCLA, like just backing completely out, uh, and then decided against it at the last minute. Um, that was a fun one. Um, I mean, there's like recruiting ones. I mean, for me, it has to, he mentioned urban Meyer, like when nothing goes, head coach like head coaching searches even before like when usc had like clay Hilton on life support like we got all these rumors i think i mean urban meyer was big 
but I don't think you could beat the sustained insanity around John Gruden. Like it wasn't just USC, Tennessee. Like there were, I mean, oh my God, like some of the stuff coming out of Tennessee of how much he, like he was going to end up being the head coach there. Like the rumors and stuff with head coaches, I think that's probably the biggest stuff like that. I don't know if you top any of that. Yeah. Yeah. That one was pretty great. Gruden, like who are some other, I'm trying to think like Urban Meyer was like a huge, like it's like this white whale. Right. And then just always think about them coming in. Uh, Chris Peterson to UCLA in, uh, before I think it was the Jim Mora one. Uh, that one was fun. Um, there were a few minutes where they thought they had John Calipari, uh, during the Mick Cronin coaching search, which was also a ton of fun. Um, there's been a lot of good stuff. Yeah, a lot of good times over the years. That the recruiting ones aren't quite as big, but there could be some big, like when big Jim, flips. When or, Jim Mora was battling with USC uh, for actual recruits, which is probably the first coaches actually tried to do that at UCLA in the last twenty years, that was kind of fun because there'd be the occasional one where it's like we're sitting there, we're like. Homie, you've got no chance at a Dory Jackson. What are you doing? Why are you spending any time on this? But then they would have they they would have convinced themselves so strongly that they're like, no, no, he came. He had a Jamba Juice with me the night before signing day, like or whatever, like three days before signing day. Yes. this is going to happen. Um, and you would be like, look, because we're like, you know, we talk to the coaches, but we also have to have you know brains of our own. It's like <laughs> I don't know, man. This maybe. It is funny sometimes because you get. Overly optimistic coaches, and you're like, they all. I don't are. think so, so. All of them are like all of them. You have to like grain assault them like fifty percent. Yeah. Like whatever they're saying, like take it take it down like half. Um, because they're all like, and it's it's because of the 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 nature of what they do. Um, they all have to be positive thinkers. Like all these coaches are like, oh yeah, we can just get them next time because they have to. Like that's the mindset if you're going to be successful in that kind of weird profession. Yeah, uh, you got to be like, oh yeah, we're going to do it next time, uh, even if you've got like nobody on your team and you suck. Um, you got to have that positive <laughs> attitude or else you get fired. Um, but when you apply that to recruiting, where it helps to be judicious with your time right. and making sure that you're not tr- chasing, you know, uh, dreams and tilting yeah. at windmills, you'll, you'll have so many, so much so many resources to recruit anybody. Yeah. And if you're putting a lot of resources into some dude, you have no shot at getting you there. You have to be able to look in the mirror and go, this ain't happening. Well, and it's why you see assistant coaches sometimes go to USC and suddenly they're like recruiter of the year. Like, wow, that's amazing. Because uh, at USC, you actually can do that and go after guys and just get them because it's USC. But then you take those same assistant coaches and put them on a different staff somewhere else, and suddenly they are ass. Like, they're horrible because they're doing the same thing. They're really going after these guys that they have no chance of getting, ever. Not in a million years. Because of the logo more than... Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just... uh, Yeah, there's there's all kinds of interesting dynamics to it. Nice. I think that's it, right? That's about it for me. I'm not... Yeah, I mean, this was jam-packed with lots of Pac-12 football information, of course. Yeah. Not that much Star Wars talk. No, packed uh, like sardines with just football, wall-to-wall content. Which actor would play which pac no, coach? No, none of that. None of that. None of that, like, half-assed, we abandoned it halfway through topics. None of that. What the Ike's, you know, what kind of fish would the Jetfish Ike sandwich be? Like, I don't know. It would be maybe a cod. What, what, what would you want? Uh, you know, maybe an eye tuna for uh, Jetfish, <laughs> I think. Maybe. 
I mean, that's a pretty easy one. But some of the other ones, like, oh, what would the sandwich be? I can't. I haven't heard Quiznos in so long. Like, I know. I miss Quiznos because they would do like the, the um, they would like toast it, toast it, right? Yeah, like they'd run that it was through the, that. That thing was their here. whole deal. Is they ran it through the slow toaster from one side to the other, and then Subway started doing that. I think. Yeah, so you could toast your sandwich at Subway, but it's not in that weird conveyor belt thing, and it's not toasted as well. Like you'll gotcha. end up with like burned hard bits. Um, but that's the thing is they adapted all these different things to kill Quiznos, and they did. Quiznos, I haven't, I haven't heard that. Yeah, before a no, long Subway time. succeeded. Subway fucking crushed them. Are you a Jersey? I, I like Jersey Mike's. It's fine. Um, it's it, it's totally fine. I don't. There's I'm one not, close by here. I go I'm not to. big into the. Um, the the making it Mike's way or whatever I like that where they just cover it and make it wet like here here's the wettest sandwich you can possibly have ah it's not too bad I don't know. um I mean lettuce tomato it's like lettuce tomato and some of that um salad dressing stuff I I don't know I just kind of it's like fine it. it's totally fine um I like uh have you ever had Firehouse subs yeah those are good I Firehouse like subs is really good um there's a place in El Segundo Big Mike's uh which has like good the, cheese the steaks Philly cheesesteaks yeah they're yeah. really good there. I like the Philly cheesesteaks um. There. But yeah, I mean, I, if I was, you know, Jersey Mike's is fine. Like I, I've eaten there probably um, four times in the last year. Yeah, they're they're close by. They just opened another one in Manhattan Beach. So like, I mean, uh, Hermosa. So but I'm Firehouse gonna... Subs. If you've got a Firehouse Subs near you, you're you're living well. The Ike's one is in El Segundo. That's good. But I felt like I went in there and I paid like twenty five dollars for a sandwich or something. Well, that's that the true? thing is Ike's is way too expensive. Okay. For what it is, um, and they've got their whole deal and they've got all these unique sandwiches, but. Like my family, like they're all like, I just want to get like a good roast beef sandwich. So there used to be a place in El Segundo. I'm just going on a sandwich tangent about. Oh, like, there's really a great one. Stuff. Sandwich Factory. Okay. On on, uh, on Grand Avenue, back in I don't know, it's probably now ten or fifteen years that it's been gone. Best sandwich and very simple. It was just like a roast beef sandwich, great bread, the whole thing. Um, uh, it's gone now. If anyone knows anything about the Sandwich Factory and where it may have gone, if there's new ownership somewhere doing anything, I want to know. What about Rinaldi's? I like it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like Rinaldi's. They opened one. And so I used to go when I worked in El Segundo back in the engineering days. We would go there, downtown El Segundo. Yeah, yeah. Then they opened one uh, in like Manhattan Beach. I went to that one more and then they closed. I don't know what it is now. but Yeah, yeah. Rinaldi's pretty good. Like a little mom and pop. It was like more like a workout place. Like people, you saw pictures of like trainers and stuff on the walls. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, South Bay Sandwich Tour, people. Yeah, dude. This is why you listen to the Pac 12 podcast, the podcast for champions. Uh, we got a Bay Cities truth throughout here. Uh, Bay Cities, where you can get the Godmother um, in, in Santa Monica. Have you ever gone there? I have not. Bay Cities, Italian Dell, you've never been? No, I have not. Okay. Well, so you've lived in LA long enough that you need to do that as part of your, uh, you okay. know, uh, yeah, whatever tour of LA. That is, uh, it's one of those like Italian deli type places, but they have their signature sandwich, the Godmother. You got to go get it. Okay. Yeah. I would check it out. Do you, have you gone to like the Canters or any yeah, of those? Yeah, I've done it all. Yeah. Those, like, there's some, you know, famous. Yeah. You like, can, Jewish there's a bunch of LA. places where you can get really good pastrami. Yeah. Uh, in, in LA. Um, there's another good one in Santa Monica. I forget where there was a deli. Um, we used to go up there. I, I don't know. I don't go up there that much, but Bay Cities. Okay. Yeah. Bay Cities. It's pretty good. I'll check it out. There's um, two different Roma Italian delis where you can get really good sandwiches. Okay. One in North Hollywood, one I think near Pasadena. Nice. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess we can wrap it up there because we just had so much Pac-12 talk. We had to talk about sandwiches. So a bit. much Pac-12ing. <laughs> 
If any other uh, bureaucrats from the Conference of Champions, you know, Ryan will be all over it. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, well, that's going to wrap things up Uh, for David Woods. I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show and we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.